Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, and it truly is my pleasure to bring you this encouraging message. Oh, you don't know how much this means to me to be able to meet with you, no matter where you are around the world, to do this. This Christian motivation, this Christian encouragement does my heart good, and I know it'll do your heart good today, too. So let's go ahead and bow. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you. God, we bless you for your word. Your word is so good. It is sweet as honeycomb. But God, we know that sometimes we have to make changes based on what we hear from your word. So we're asking today, Lord, that you would inspire us and encourage us, that you would lead us and push us. You would move us and have us leap and, and jump over everything in order to do all that you've called us to do. Lord, we're continuing to look to you in everything, and we're thanking you in advance for what you're going to show us. It's truly in Jesus' name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. Well, I'm excited about the word today, and I think you might be able to tell. This word today, we're still in the I Am Building Something series, and we're going back to the book of Nehemiah, and this time we're going to start in chapter number two. Now, if you have not listened to part one or part two, go back and listen to that you really want to get the gist of where we really are at this juncture. So we're in Nehemiah chapter number two, and I'm going to read verses one through 10 for you today. The Bible says, during the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was set before him, I took the wine. We're talking about Nehemiah. I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, why are you sad? when you aren't sick. This is nothing but depression. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king, may the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king asked me, what is your request? So I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and to the city where my ancestors are buried so that I may rebuild it. The king, with the queen seated beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you return? So I gave him a definite time and it pleased the king to send me. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters written to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress, the city wall, and the home where I live, where I will live. The king granted my request, for I was graciously strengthened for my God or by my God. I went to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent officers of the infantry and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard that someone had come to seek the well-being of the Israelites, they were greatly displeased. This ends the reading of the word, but I am going to tell you today, we're going to declare this, send me because I see, send me 
because I see. We recognize, and we're going to talk about the story, but I have to tell you the reason that I have the blessed opportunity to be on YouTube today, to give you this encouraging message, to talk about Christian motivation and Christian encouragement, is it all started many years ago. See, I'm on YouTube because of COVID, because we could not no longer go into the hospital to deliver this message. But that means that it started with the message and part of Mercy Ministry in the hospital. We were delivering a message or a service every single Sunday. Well, that didn't start there just to say, hey, I want to do Mercy Ministry. It started because I was set in the hospital with my daughter, Jasmine, prior to her passing away. And while I was in the hospital, I recognized that the spiritual encouragement that I needed, I could not get. I could not go out and get it, and it was not brought into me either. And so there was a void that was there, and I was then troubled in recognizing that there were so many believers in the hospital that needed the spiritual encouragement, needed the Christian motivation, needed to hear the word on a Sunday so that they could have the strength to go on till Monday. Well, it didn't really just start there. That was that push, that passion. And we're going to talk about that too. It does start with passion. But that hospital visit started it. But at the time, I happened to be at Life Christian University working on my degree in theology. And I happened to be doing Old Testament survey as it would. And Old Testament survey, we were going through the entire Old Testament. I can't tell you that I was in Nehemiah at the time, but I know that God stirred me up, that there was a need and there was a need that I could fill. Well, how does that relate to the story today? Well, Nehemiah, if you recall, in chapter number one, as we talked about it, he had asked way back in the time of, actually it was um, the month of Kislev, which is November, December time period. He had asked then, how was his city? How was Jerusalem? And he found out or he got the report that the walls were torn down, the gates were burned, that there was utter destruction, that the enemies had come in and they had taken over and it was lying in ruins. From that time to as we identified in Nehemiah chapter number two, verse one, during the month of Nisan. Now, Nisan is March to April. So between November and March, or even December and April, between that time, those four months, Nehemiah has been praying. It has been stirring in him. It has been bothering him. He knows something needs to be done. And when I said, send me, because I see, it's because he did. He was passionate about, and that's going to be, you know, spoiler alert, the first key is going to be the passion. But for four months, he prayed. He prayed, what can I do? All of that before he approached the king. See, the thing here I want you to recognize is victory doesn't come without a vision. Victory does not come without a vision. You have to be able to see how it can be done or God has to show it to you before you can step out. And unfortunately, too many of us step out to try to do something and we step out inappropriately. We step out out of time. We step out without God's sanctioned authority on it, without the anointing to do it. We step out 
and we mess up. See, in going to the hospital or showing up here, it started out with God showing me and moving me with passion to say, there's something that needs to happen differently. I didn't step out on my own. I went to my pastor and said, hey, can we do something in the hospital? And then I had to have permission from the chaplain at the hospital to say, yes, come in and you can talk with those that are in rehab. And then, okay, you have access then to over the PA system that anyone who is in the hospital, no matter if they're in the women's center or if they're in the main hospital, they have the ability to come over and view or be with you during your service. Now, there were some spiritual warfare, we're going to talk about that too, along the way where there were people who came in who were in authority that tried to then usurp the authority that was already given to us. They wanted to stop us from moving forward. If you are going to build something, you're going to have to be ready for the spiritual warfare and the enemies that are going to come. We're going to talk about that too. So let's go back. Nehemiah has prayed now for at least four months. He shows up before the king, because remember, he's the king's cupbearer, and he brings the wine to the king, and the king notices that he is sad. The king had to notice, because that was not his normal, and it was not to his benefit to be sad, because he could have lost his life, but instead, the king said, why, ask the question, why are you sad? Now, Nehemiah is a real person and we have to recognize he just wasn't just brave army warrior. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And none of us are like that. It says that he was overwhelmed with fear because he wasn't sure how the king was going to take it. Remember, he has been praying, but it's still going to depend upon someone else's influence and their reaction. He was overwhelmed, but he spoke up anyway. He did it afraid. What did he do? He said, why shouldn't I be sad when the land of my ancestors lies in ruin? In other words, wouldn't you be too? The king then turns around and says, well, what is your request? So we're seeing this dialogue that's happening. But before he answered the request, even though he had already prayed for four months, Nehemiah prays again. It reminds us he prayed and he said, send me that I may rebuild. See, I'm building something. Send me because for four months, I've been seeing what God wants to do. Send me because I am prepared and I'm passionate and I'm ready. Send me because I want to see victory for my city. I want to see victory. I want to see it rebuilt. Send me because I'm not sure who else is going to go. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to operate in excellence, but send me because I see and he says, okay, well, how long are you going to be gone? When you're asking and requesting, we have to ask specifically. Just like when the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving to make our requests known. He didn't say just make a general request. You know, and a lot of times we'll just, oh, just pray for me in general. No, if you've got a specific need that you need your healing, ask for healing. Ask someone to pray for your healing. If you need deliverance, ask for deliverance. Ask for someone to pray for your deliverance. If you need them to intercede in your marriage, in your relationships, for your children, ask specifically. When you go before the Father, you go before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, he's asking you, tell me what you need. It's not that he doesn't know it. But he's saying, tell me specifically so that I can meet you at your point of need and you will know without a doubt 
that I have answered your request. I can answer yes, I can answer no, I can answer not yet, but if you just say in general, then you may not know that I've answered it. So he says, I answered him specifically, told him exactly how long I was going to be. And the king replied, okay, you can go. But Nehemiah didn't stop there. Because remember, if you've got a vision and you see, you recognize the walls are torn down, I'm going to need to rebuild that. I'm going to need supplies for that. Um, the gates are in ruins. I'm going to need supplies for that. I'm going to need to be able to travel safely because there's some people in the region that might not want me to get to where I'm going. Because I recognize that the edict that you put out, Artaxerxes, was the one that stopped the building from the very beginning, that put us in this position. But I'm not bringing that up before you. I'm just asking for safe passage as well as for some supplies. So that's what he comes back with. He says, I need letters. I need your authority so that I can have safe passage so that they won't attack me. But not only does he give him that, he sends the infantry and the cavalry with him to make sure that he's safe. But he turns around and says, wait a minute, can you go to Asaph? Can you write some letters to him? Because I need some of that timber that's in the forest. Because if I'm gonna build the walls, and the walls are huge, sometimes 15 feet and they're thick, I'm going to need some major supplies. I'm not going empty handed. If you're gonna send me, don't send me empty-handed. Nehemiah responds and he says, I was graciously strengthened by my God. Isn't that good news? That when we ask God for something and then we get it through other people, that it strengthens our faith, our belief that yes, I can do it. He said, I'm going to speak possibility into places that seem impossible. I'm going to ask for what I need. And God is going to, when he supplies that, I'm going to recognize him in all of that. Why? Because he makes it mission possible because otherwise I would not be able to do it. But then by the time we get to verse 10, where we're going to stop today, Sanballat and Tobiah, who were the governors in that region, they had some authority they are now threatened. So the Bible says they were displeased when they knew he was there. And we're going to see some of those enemies that do come in. Even as I indicated to you before in the hospital, we had people who were placed in charge and they wouldn't let us be on the PA system to announce the fact that we were having a service. We had some that would come in and then schedule another meeting in the same room that we were given the authority to operate in and to conduct the service. But we kept trudging. We would not stop. We would not sit back. We would not go back. We would not turn back. We kept going. And it has been, oh, since 2005 years. We're talking almost 20 years now. Every single Sunday without fail come rain, come shine, come hurricane. It did not matter because God had given us the vision and he also gave us the provision. So let's look at very quickly four things that we're going to ask or we're going to do before we are being sent because we see. Four things we want mission to be possible. The first one is passion. Notice Nehemiah's passion. For four months, he prayed, wait a minute, this is bothering me. He sat down, he was in sackcloth and ashes. He was fasting and he was praying and he was like, this cannot be. 
just like I was moved with passion because I knew what I was lacking. I felt it. And I will tell you, you have to be moved with passion before you can be sent to go out and do something. Because if it's haphazard, if you really don't care, you're not going to stick to it. You won't have that stick to itiveness. You have to be moved to take action. And unfortunately, too many of us are not moved with passion for a specific cause or a specific purpose. But when you find that, you'll know that you're right in the center of God's divine will when you are moved to do something about it. The second thing is prayer is necessary. He sought God's vision so that the impossible became possible. God sees more than we could ever. He sees all the way to tomorrow when we are only living in today. Yes, he understands the past. He understands what happened yesterday, but he also knows how he can strengthen you, what gifts he has given you, and what you can do to get to tomorrow. He knows the people that he wants you to transform. As I work with um, women in my coaching program, he knew what he had to take me through in order for me to have a passion for these same women in order to help them live confidently after going through a major loss. I transitioned them. I helped them get be that bridge. I'm that bridge for them to go from point A to point B, recognizing how difficult it can be and how you can be stuck in the midst of it. So prayer is so important. You don't step out without prayer. Mission does not become possible without prayer. The third thing is he asked for provision. Not only did he have passion about it, he was moved. Not only did he pray about it, he wanted to see the vision of where God was taking him, but he also no noticed because he saw the vision, he needed provision. He asked for safety and he asked for supplies. Lord, grant my area, grant my move, grant my journey to be smooth. Okay, yes, there might be some bumps along the road, but give me safe passage to get to that other side. Let me see tomorrow. Let the vision come to fruition. But not only do I need that, I need provision in order to get it done. So I'm not working with just anything. I'm working with what you have sent me. In addition to that, he asked for protection and you would think it would be that safety piece that he needed. Yes, that was also some of the protection. I need a protection, not only to get there on the journey, but I had protection from my enemies. The spiritual warfare is real. Lord, if you've given me authority, then allow me to continue to move forward. Why? Because my anointing, what you've anointed me to do, what you've gifted me to do, my anointing agitates those who see something different in me. So I am just, let me encourage you that if you are in a room where others are agitated by you, they're aggravated because you showed up or because you're asking questions. It's because they see the anointing and you don't step back, don't sit down, don't shut up, but keep moving forward because there's something in you that God has placed to make sure that excellence is going to come through because average is not part of the kingdom's view. That is not where we are going. That is not part of his vision and it's not for you. And if you are an adjutant to them, that means that you are on the right path to get to that vision 
that God has shown for you. Yes, send me because I see, but Lord, I need you to show me first. Let's bow. Most gracious and heavenly Father, God, we do thank you. We thank you for vision today. Yes, Lord, open our eyes of understanding so that we might not only see all of those things that are in front of us and everyone who is for us and what is also against us. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we know our true purpose, where you are taking us, what we're passionate about, that you are moving us in the right direction. We want to be in the center of your divine will for our lives. We don't want to leave anything on the table. God, you've got pleasures and pleasures evermore for each and every one of us. Those that are under the sound of my voice, Lord, I'm asking that we open up every single gift, that we use it to the best of our abilities, that we are effective in what we do. Show us where you would have for us to go. Show us our tomorrow. Show us the things that you would want us to do. Show us the people that we're going to be able to help. Show us the problem that we need to solve. Show us, Lord. Send us then once we see. Send us appropriately with the right safety, with the right supplies. Send us because we are praying, God, asking you for provision and pro protection. Lord, we are seeking your face for what you would have for us to do. Oh, God, we come before you right now. Oh, humbly knowing that if you don't do it for us, it won't be done. Recognizing, God, that you've got a purpose and a plan for each. Lord, Help us to be right in the center of your will. We want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We don't want to turn down anything. We don't want to not do anything. We don't want to get to heaven and recognize there were so many other things you had for us to do. Lord, help us to write those books. Help us to speak those speeches. Lord, help us to coach those, those women and men that you're calling us to help us to teach Help us to lead, help us to shepherd, help us to be the ones that you have called us so that we can then help others in the kingdom to thrive. God, help us to open the doors for others. Help us to open the vision of possibility for others. Help us to create, help us to start those businesses, help us to do business until you return. God, we're going to be so careful to give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. It truly is in Jesus' name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. Well, God bless each and every one of you. I am Dr. Shante Haynes. It truly has been my pleasure to bring you this encouraging message. I hope you have been motivated. I hope you have been moved to go build something because God's got something for you to do. I don't want you to sit back on it. Oh, my prayer for you is that this message has encouraged you. Watch it again if you need to. Share it with a friend that you know that needs to be doing something. I just ask that you like it. Let me know that, you know, when you hit that like button, what you're saying is that YouTube, I want you to show it to other people. I want us as the body of Christ to be built up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to go out and do what God has called us to do. We can't do business by ourselves. Help us do business together. So if you would, go ahead and hit that like button. And I would love for you to subscribe to this channel so that you'll be notified anytime else there's other messages that are there. But please share it with someone that you can encourage their hearts as well. Again, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. It truly is my pleasure to help you put feet to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Mm -hmm.
find us online at h the number two h truth.org. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.